Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 351. Holy cow, that's awesome. And welcome to my front porch. It's amazing out here. It's like 70 degrees. It's a little chilly. That's right. I said it. It's a little chilly outside. I still have my shorts on and my tee on, but uh, it is, uh, it's finally fall here in Arizona. I mean, in the mornings, I've got a hoodie on. I'm like, oh my gosh. This summer, I think it was the second hottest summer in all of Arizona's history. Like pretty, pretty bananas, pretty hot. Um, and look, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I live here. I great grateful, you know, for this time of year, honestly, because it's so, it's like the payoff. The payoff for living in Arizona starts right now. But boy, oh boy, the summer is like, I was talking to a, a buddy today or uh, this week and he, w- he was saying like summer in Arizona is like hibernation. Like you just don't go outside. It's not fun. It's not nice. And you kind of stay inside and then you just kind of like, uh, you know, sometime in late October, you kind of come out of your cave and you're like, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And everyone's out walking. Everyone has their dog. Everyone's smiling. I mean, it's just the most amazing thing. So it is here. I am happy. Hey, I wanted to give like a quick little note on Halloween. Halloween's coming up here next week. Halloween is one of our, the Goki family, favorite holiday holidays. And here's why. Uh there's no other holiday where you get to interact with neighbors everywhere. Um, and it's such a beautiful time. And we, we use that time just to, we, I think last year, I think we gave away like 200 hot dogs and we say hello. We try to get our neighbors to hang out and it's a beautiful time to say hello to hello to some people that you don't normally get to say hello. And, and I know Christians have this whole like, oh, but it's the devil's day and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I grew up, I, I grew up in an environment where we didn't, I, I never did, I think I, as a kid, maybe a couple times did trick-or-cheating, but we just didn't grow up go to trick-or-cheating, uh, trick-or-cheating for that reason. And, uh, you know, as Patty and I got married, it was like, we just started seeing all these people outside, you know, and churches would do harvest festivals and things like that. And that's fine. Um, but we just saw all the interaction that was happening in our neighborhoods. And we were like, I want to be a part of that. I want to be incarnational. And that's what I always love about Christians. I believe Christians are supposed to redeem things. And so it's like what Satan intends for evil, God makes good, and he wants to use us for that. So I don't know where you stand on Halloween, but for us and our family, um, we use it as an opportunity to meet people. And not just meet people, but serve people. And it's been, I mean, gosh, 20 years now, 20 plus years that we've been doing that. And it is, we get excited about it every single year. Um, just serving our community, passing out candy, laughing with people, and it's an amazing time. So here's what I tell you. Take it seriously. 
do something awesome. Get your neighbors together. Put together an awesome time where you could just absolutely serve your neighborhood. I promise you it'll make a difference even in this little neighborhood. People, I had neighbors walk by this morning and they were like, hey, you doing your Halloween thing? We're like, absolutely, show up. We'll have food for you. And I think that's pretty cool. So, hey, uh, huge thanks to those of you who continue to listen. I love it. Man, 351 episodes. That's no joke. It's pretty awesome. And and there's a bunch of you who have listened to this podcast from the beginning and some of you who are just starting. So glad you're tuning in and then there is a bunch of you who give to this podcast i I can't thank you enough some of you give one time some of you give on a on a monthly basis and i really appreciate it it helps me pay for the fees and do a bunch of you know different things and so I'm, i'm really grateful thank you so much all right our passage for today i have been using this passage like nuts lately and i thought i gotta bring it here so psalms 51 4 against you You only have I sinned and done what was evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Psalms 51.4, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Uh, This is David. Uh, This is David confessing his sin after uh, he murdered Bathsheba, had an affair with Bathsheba, murdered her her husband. Um, this is a place where he gets confronted uh, by Nathaniel. And then he comes to this moment with God going, what have I done? What is this moment? And it's interesting. You know, I was trying to think of a story and I, I just couldn't help but think of my mom. You know, my mom had an affair on my dad and on our family really when I was 12 years old. And it rocked us just shredded our family and to this day we still wear the scars of that moment that decision and you know I was in North Carolina a couple weeks ago and you know every time we get together there's just some form of that conversation we talk about it it's really helpful for me piecing things together and you know this last time it's just like I just sinned but I sinned first against God and then I sinned against the family and as we were talking, I thought, like, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing to think about. I mean, David starts here primarily just saying this. It starts with God. It starts with God. I sinned first against you, oh God. And yeah, like, I've heard other people, but God, you're the one. And I, I'm just like, I want to go like, whoa, 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 time out, time out. Like, you killed a guy. You had an affair on his wife. Like there's family members that don't have a son anymore. And he's, it's not even like he's like, okay, I'm going to go like go to the family first and be like, look, I really screwed up. I messed up. I made a bad mistake. You know, I, I killed your son. Please forgive me. Like he first starts with God. It's not like I've sinned against this family and I need to make it right. And I did a really, you know, awful, sinful thing. He doesn't, doesn't start there. He starts first and foremost with God. That's what he's worried about the most. That is the most important relationship in his life. And David realizes that. And he comes to that moment. He realizes everything hinges on what you do with God. Everything. The way you obey him, when you sin against him, it all starts there. And I think it's so interesting for people who, um, who've made mistakes or, or maybe even have been sinned against, how sideways we all get. 
how confusing that gets. Like, we just feel like we got to make it all right with everybody. And in reality, it first starts with God. And we avoid that relationship, I think, a lot of times first. And it's sitting with the Lord and going like, Lord, I've sinned against you. And as a result of sinning against you, others have paid the price. You, first and foremost, my primary relationship is with the Lord. I'm telling you this. I really, really hope this is true of all of you listening. I hope your primary relationship is with the Lord first. First. And I think we're all really distracted. We're all really distracted with all these other relationships in our life. And they're not bad. Listen, listen. a relationship with your spouse, not bad. Relationship with your friends, not bad. Coworkers, bosses, whatever, not a bad thing. It's a good thing. God loves that. He loves that community. He loves that relationship. He loves that you have a spouse. He loves that you have a significant other. But where it gets sideways is where you and I believe that that's a primary That's a secondary relationship. Secondary. David here has to start first with going like, yes, I've sinned against a bunch of people. I've sinned against a bunch of people. But it all first starts with God. And where I fail with God, others get impacted. And so often what we're trying to do is try to go make it right with everybody else and go like, yeah, 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 but God gets the scraps. Like he understands, right? His grace and his mercy covers a multitude of sins. And that is true. But what we don't realize is we've made that relationship with the Lord secondary as opposed to primary. And because of that, we will continue to make these mistakes over and over and over and over. Our greatest sin against others is our sin against God. Let me say that again. Our greatest sin against others is our first and primary sin against God, not listening to him, not obeying him. And what happens as a result of that is others suffer. You know, in my case with my mom, because she chose to break her covenant with God first, my father paid the price. My sisters and I paid the price. And generations, my grandkids have, or her grandkids have paid the price. But it first started with that relationship with the Lord. And then everything else is just consequential, kind of follows after that. And so for so many of us, we're just focused on the wrong thing, wrong relationship. And not to say you shouldn't make it right with people. I'm not saying that. No, you need to make it right with people, but you need to first start with your primary, where the primary problem was, and it was with God. David starts there, and I love how he ends this passage. He just goes, and and he's done evil in his sight, so he's confessing that he's done something wrong, so that you may be, I love this, so that God may be justified in his words and blameless in his judgment. It's like he's going like, I know I've sinned, Bring to me the consequence. I know. I know I've sinned against you, and I know there's a consequence as a result of that. And and I want to confess, and I want you to know, like, I've sinned, and I don't expect to get away with this. And I believe, for all of us, we've got to face that. We're trying to get away with stuff. And a true repentant heart says this, if I've truly sinned against God, then whatever God is bringing my way because he disciplines the ones he loves, I can receive that as love 
not as condemnation. God's not pointing his finger in our chest and going, shame on you. That's not the language of God. But the language of God is, listen, I love you so much that I want you to go through consequence. Not to hold you down, but to remind you, to lift you up that, that there are the choices we make in life impact things. And for David, the consequence was massive. He lost the child. Lost his child. But for him, the greatest, the greatest consequence was this kind of separation from God that he felt. And that's why later on in Psalms 51, if you read, it's create in me a clean heart, O God. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Cast me not away from your presence, but restore in me a new heart, a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new spirit. This is what he's asking for because he knows there's a consequence, but he's begging God to renew that, to make it right. And my concern for so many Christians is they're distracted and they're trying to make everything right with everybody else and neglecting that relationship with the Lord. And I want you to know you will repeat the same behavior if you do not first and foremost deal with this disconnection from God, this sin with God, it starts there. It starts there. Because our greatest sins start with God and impact others. It starts with God and it impacts others. And David's trying to help us see his heart. He's trying to see the primary relationship. And then the secondary relationships are suffer alongside, but it's not a primary. It's a secondary. And it's really, really important that you and I understand this. I don't know about you. I do not want to sense a distance from the Lord. I want his, I want to sense his spirit, his nearness. David realizes that and he leans in. And ultimately, this is why Jesus dies. So that we can go, as Hebrews says, boldly before the throne of God. And we can repent and be made right with God primarily. And then secondarily, that we go be at peace and repent to other people. And so the question is a a pretty simple question. The question is this. When is the last time you confessed your sins to God? When's the last time you started kind of thinking through how you have sinned against God and God only and come to him and repented and asked to be made new and then secondarily go go make it right with the other people that you've hurt do that today right now Holy God we need your help we say it every time we need your help you and you only have we sinned against thank you that your grace and your mercy covers a multitude of sins But we are saying today, we know we sinned against you. Forgive our sins and make us new. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.